I'd like to welcome you to the Jed Hughes Podcast. Each episode will feature a unique leader and will delve into the qualities that inspire greatness, galvanize organizations, and teach the next generation of aspiring leaders. Jed ran the process that resulted in the hiring of Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Masai Uzuri. Now, according to Forbes, Jed is the most connected man in sports. Our guest today is our first repeat guest from when we first began our podcast. Coach John Harbaugh, since he inserted Lamar Jackson as the Ravens quarterback, has the winningest record in the NFL. Coach Harbaugh discusses the adversity that they face, how he hires assistant coaches, and the type of culture that has allowed the team to be unified and motivated as they've gone through a variety of obstacles. Our guest, Coach John Harbaugh. Welcome, friends. Our guest today is in the beginning of the NFL season, and he has the winningest record since he decided to put Lamar Jackson in his quarterback. He, he believed in him, just like he believes in his team. And he's overcome unbelievable adversity this year. Coach John Harbaugh. Hey, Jed. Great to be with you. As always, always enjoy our many conversations. Well, uh, again, your belief in your quarterback. How did you decide he was your man and then decide to put every, you know, everything behind him? Well, you know, like everything else, it's, it's probably a process. You know, we went through the process of drafting him and we made a decision that we'd be, you know, excited about having him, you know, his talent, his ability, his personality, his character, all the things that go with a person. We were excited about Lamar. And then, uh, you know, once we got into the season there, things were going the way they were going. So circumstances came into play and, uh, you know, Joe Flacco got hurt. We need to make a change. We lost three games in a row anyway. And Lamar was doing well in practice and the players were excited about it. You know, you don't do something like that without talking to your coaches and players. Everybody was for it at the time, and, and it worked out really well. And now, in this season, you get hit with injuries in preseason. I mean, running backs, then defensive back. How do you keep it together with the adversity? I mean, there's you know, something a, in your DNA that's allowed you to keep this group together. Through the I year. don't know about DNA, but I, I do know that uh, one thing we don't do is think too much about it or talk too much about it. Because if you, if you start dwelling in that world, you know, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of the world of loss. You know, we don't live in a world of loss. We want to live in a world of gain, you know, positive mindset. So a lot of times you put these young players out there that, you know, you were so worried about, you, you didn't think necessarily were ready. And it turns out they're more ready than you thought, you know, so you go with them, just coach them up. We do do a good job Jed, of coaching all of our guys. We coach all 90 of our guys in training camp. We coach anybody that comes through here as hard as we can. Sometimes they surprise you and they play pretty well. And we've had a lot of guys, quote unquote, surprise us and play really well this year. What do you look for in your assistant coaches that have become really good teachers? Well, first of all, character. I mean, character over competency. That's the number one thing. There's a lot of things that we can, you know, if, if guys are smart, that's important. Uh, they, uh, they have a good feel for the game. You know, they've got the personality that uh, is going to be you know, favorable to the players. You, you, I, want, I, want our guy, I want our coaches to be liked by the players. 
guys that, that like people that like being around people, you know, teachers, people that want to be around young people and want to help them be better. Mainly guys that want to make it about the players and not about themselves. I really, really, really don't like quote unquote show coaches, guys that like to coach for the show and make, make themselves a center of attention, really kind of really have a thing against that, you know, so we avoid that as much as possible. we got a bunch of humble, hardworking coaches that love the players and uh, love to see them do well. And that's kind of what we're looking for. When you uh, look at the way you run the team as a leader, you delegate all three phases of the game and you sit there as a CEO managing it. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'd probably use the right words. I mean, I don't really sit there that often. Usually I'm running around yeah, right, <laughs> coaching, right, right. but uh, you know, I think it's really important to be the head coach of the team. You know, it's, it's, I've seen a lot of coaches, especially in the NFL, do it that way where they're the head coach of their side of the ball. And you'll say that the other side of the ball, he's the head coach of that side. You, I think you have to have a head coach of the team. And if you're going to be the head coach of the team, then you can't be, you can't be the, the head coach of that side of the ball. You've got to be the head coach of offense, defense, and special teams. With that, you got to be involved in all three phases. I mean, for me, obviously, a lot of background in special teams, I'm going to be really involved in that. But also defense, I'm going to be really involved in that. I think from a scheme standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm behind most of those schemes, but I don't game plan it. I'm not going to sit in there and try to game plan every blitz or every every matchup. Offensively, less less experience there, but you still got to be in turn. You got to be you got to be in charge of your team in terms of how you want to play, what your style is going to be, what your personality is going to be, what's going to be important to you and how they're all going to fit together. And to me, to do that, you've got to be the head coach of the team, not one side of the ball. You lose a tough opener and then you got to come back and play the Chiefs and you win a really close game. I mean, unbelievable. And then you win one, looks like it's done, and you kick a field goal, you know, 100 yards in order to win the damn game. <laughs> I mean, bouncing back, I mean, like you said, you got the Chiefs coming in, you lose a tough, a tough game in overtime. I mean, how do, you, how do you keep that? How do you keep the focus? Well, the guys are great. I mean, some things, Jed, only God can do. You know, you can't take credit for things that God does. I mean, yeah, Tucker and God, okay. They kicked it 66 yards together, you know, along with a good snap and a good hold and good protection. And then that, you know, that, that ball getting knocked out, you know, our guys play really hard, you know, and our guys don't give up. And the thing that I love about the fact that that happened, and I'm on the sideline just trying to figure out if we can knock them out of field goal range and what, what blitz we're going to run next to see if we can create a play along with Wink. And uh, all of a sudden that ball's on the ground. You know, I'm as shocked as anybody else. And then, you know, Adafi Owe, who everybody said, Jed, in the draft process, couldn't make a play. You know, he didn't have a sack his senior year. That's all they kept talking about. I mean, he heard it so much. He, he was so sick. But then he made he made a play like that, you know, and uh, that's what you're happy about. But through all of that, none of our guys, I never once heard anybody on the sideline say anything about another phase. Never run the ball more. Never get a stop. Never, never you know, get a return. Nobody complaining about anybody. Everybody just always saying, we'll get it. We'll get it. You know, keep keep driving. We're going to figure this thing out right to the end. And when you see it get rewarded, you know, with, with wins like that late in the game, it kind of even makes everybody even tighter, you know, and believe in it even more that you can overcome anything. I mean, anything that's a behavioral reinforcement when you, uh, you know, coach a certain way and, and they see the, and, and you win and there's success that kind of feeds it, that kind of feeds itself. And then, um, you know, yeah. so you're sitting in, in a tough division where, where you've got a team, one team that's kind of collapsed, it's been a big rival, and another team that's coming coming on their own. Um, actually, two of them between the the Ohio groups, between the the Browns and the Bengals. Um, you, you've got some new opponents in your division. 
very tough division. You know, I mean, we're never going to Pittsburgh. I've seen Pittsburgh go 0 and 4 and come back. And I think they won the division one year when they went 0 and 4 to start, you know, and so you never count Pittsburgh out. That's our rival, number one rival. The Browns and the Bengals are, are you know, 1A and 1B rivals. So those two teams are playing great. We've got three teams that are three and one. Uh, they've, there's, there's quarterbacks in this league everywhere, and that's the main thing. So it's a great division, the black and blue division for a reason. It's always very physical. None of these teams are intimidated by each other. I don't care what the records are. Nobody's intimidated by anybody when they play each other. And I just, I love being in this division, but it's a tough division. It's not like you're going to, you're going to be one of those situations where you're going to win six division games every year. You know, some teams have had that luxury. We have not had that luxury, but that's okay. The interesting piece again is how you're able to play and run the ball. I mean, you believe in running the ball and even, and now the fact that Lamar is coming into his own, putting those eight man fronts up, you know, makes, makes, uh, teams more vulnerable for bigger plays. And uh, you've been able to capitalize on some of that. No, that's definitely right. And we've really had success the last few weeks of uh, when people, people worried, you know, they got to stop the run game. It's all of it. Lamar and the, the backs and the line and stuff. But uh, they've, they've been bringing those safeties down. And we've had guys, you know, wide open on some deep crossers and some posts and some, some go routes. You know, those things have been great. We've hit, we've hit many of them. We've missed a few of them too, Jed. You know, if we'd have hit a few more of those, some of these games wouldn't have been quite as interesting. So hopefully we can just keep getting better at doing that. Your fourth down decisions. Yeah, how do you use analytics to help make those calls? I mean, some of that may be secret sauce and you don't want to discuss it, but whatever you're willing to share. Yeah, I don't think it's anything really all that all that phenomenally uh, secret. You know, it's uh, there's there's game probabilities, win probabilities. We have a we have a model that looks at all that and tells you, you know, based on based on what it knows. You know what you uh, what your win probability is if you go and and you, and you and you make it if you go and you don't make it whatever you might do, so it's all up there. But the thing about that the thing that the statistics don't really take into account is you might say, well, you know, if you go for it, you got a sixty five percent chance to win, but if you get it, it's eighty five percent. But if you don't get it, it's fifteen percent. Well, that's like you know what it's always been. If you get it, great. If you don't get it, you're screwed. You know so. It really kind of boils down to whether you think you're going to get it. And that even the win probability models, they take that into account a little bit. But as a coach, those computers don't know what you're seeing during the game. They don't know how your right tackle, if he's tired, if the altitude's having an impact, how your offense is playing, how their defense is playing, whatever it might be. It just doesn't know that. So as a coach, you just got to make a decision. And really what it ends up boiling down to is, do I think we're going to get it? And what's the value if we do get it? And can we overcome it if we don't get it? Or are we better off just pinning them down in there inside their 10-yard line if our defense is playing well? So as much as you use the analytics, Jed, it's all a part of it. But I think it still comes back to what it's always come back to, a coaching decision. Uh, last year, I don't know if you watched the World Series, but the Rays you know, have really been shocking with the low payroll and what they've done. Last year in the sixth game of the World Series, uh, they're playing the Dodgers. And, and the analytics say, you know, take the pitcher out. And the pitcher is doing well. And the manager went with the decision to take the pitcher out. And they ended up losing the ball game. And then people came mm-hmm. back and, you know, second guess that. And, you know, people will argue, well, the system got them to that point. And uh, so I just wanted to present that to you. And I don't know if you followed that. And I don't know, you're, you're obviously during football season, but it was a huge decision. I just did an interview with the, the GM or the president of the, of the race last week. And uh, he talked about, you know, it's the manager's decision to make it, even though they have statistics 
the, you know, the, the president of baseball ops isn't telling the manager what to do. So well, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's great to hear that, but I, I tell you, it's, you know, the manager, the coach is, you know, that's the guy that's in the tough spot. And, you know, as long as I remember watching that game and I thought the same thing and I don't know much about base. I love baseball, but I don't know the strategy of it. Like my dad, you know, my dad, right. he knows, <laughs> he's inside, he knows baseball inside and out, but it's like, why are they bringing this, taking this guy out of the game? And they talked about that. And you know, sometimes the manager or the coach would be in a spot where if the analytics department's real powerful, that if they don't go with what the analytics guy says and it's wrong, then they'll, then they just, they, there's nowhere for them to go. They'll, they'll, they'll be blamed for it because, you know, you didn't listen to us. So when it goes the other way, it's somewhat interesting. Maybe when the, all of a sudden the analytics department says it's the manager's decision. Well, as long as it's the manager's decision and you, uh, and you understand that you're getting that, that, that sometimes the human brain is better than the computer, then to me, the analytics is really good news. Last piece, your roster. I mean, you've had these injuries. How do you keep, how do you keep filling the depth chart, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, we've had, we're, we're, in, we're having those problems right now. You know, you just got to keep coaching guys and, and give guys a shot, whether it's the offensive line or corners. When you get certain spots, we wide receivers, we had issues early in camp, and now we've got guys coming back. So we're going to have too many wide receivers. So, but you never have enough players. I mean, you've always got to have, that's why we want to have the deepest 90 man roster we can have. And then, then you lose guys when you let guys go to the 53. That's really frustrating. So, uh, yeah, you can never have enough players, Jed. You know, that goes. It's not like college football where you got, I mean, at least the Alabamas of the world, they have 105, but, right. you know, pro football, you have what you have. Well, I mean, you've you can't, the good thing about pro football though, Jed, you can always go out and get guys too. We had a couple of guys visiting today too. So there are guys out there getting healthy so you can keep working guys in too. So, I mean, that's, you have to be open to that, right? Bringing people in, How do you, in terms of the culture piece and the way you indoctrinate players, that's the last thing. Um, how do you you bring new people in, whether it's a trade, free agent, or somebody off the street? How do you assimilate them? Well, that's a great question. You know, I don't, I can't. It's not like some kind of mechanical method that we use, other than you know, we just we just are who we are and believe what we believe, and it's so well established here now that everybody's really on the same page. So the, the players can talk to other players. Our players will let them know in the locker room. You know, this is good. Don't do this. That's okay. This is how they think. This is how they'll respond to that. And when your players know how you're going to respond or how, what, what the values are, what's important and what's not important, then they're empowered to tell the other guy. It's like, listen, if you do this, that's going to happen. So you need to do this other thing. And when they understand that, man, when you got your players doing that and they believe in it and, uh, you know, that's who they are. The other thing is, like, after a while, the guys that kind of buy into the way you do it, they want to be here. And the guys that kind of don't want to do it that way, then they, they don't really come. So, you know, that helps too. Sure. Absolutely. We'll continue. Good luck. Uh, a pleasure for you to take time out and visit with us. Best to you and your family. And how's lacrosse going? Oh, she's good. She's doing good. She's working her way into the lineup there as a sophomore. And thanks for asking. Really appreciate you, Jed. Always our conversations. You're very knowledgeable. And I uh, appreciate your friendship. Uh, and goes both ways. Thanks again, Coach, for uh, taking time with us. Good luck. Thank you.